Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and and what's going going down down on the farm. farm. It's It's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Got a unique edition for you this week as we are going back to our round table. It's going to be a little bit smaller. But through the miracle of technology, we're going to have our roundtable discussion and discuss some things. And here it starts right now. All right. And joining me this week, once again, we have a a roundtable discussion, though it's slightly smaller roundtable this week. We are missing one of our members, but the usual cast of characters is here. And uh, let me introduce everybody. Jeff Cohen is here. He is the co-host with Len Aberman of Baseball and Barbecue, terrific podcast that you should be listening to. And he's right here. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gary. How are you? Good. And also joining me is the man that was here 10 years ago when we first started this fiasco, and he is Barry Newman. (laughs) And Barry, welcome to the anniversary show, I guess, of Mets Musings. Hey, guys. uh, Happy anniversary, Gary. Happy anniversary. And I guess I can wish myself one, too, since I was there for the first one. <laughs> there you go. And um, before we get started on everything, I'd like to say uh, uh, we have a couple of pl- p- players, I'm going to say, a couple of people that uh, are fans of the show that are down and out uh, right now. As I said, Len, uh, who's usually on here with Jeff, uh, they usually join our roundtable discussion. He's down with, the, we believe, the coronavirus, but we're not quite sure. He was told, I believe, that he had it. Uh, so, uh, Len, if you're listening or when you listen to this, get well soon. We miss you, and uh, we want you back 100% healthy. And also our good friend Sean over in England, he uh, posted on Facebook that he was going to be off Facebook for a while because he has come down with it. So, Sean, if you get a chance to listen to this, or when you get a chance to listen to this, please get well soon. Our thoughts and prayers are are for you in a quick recovery and feel better soon. Uh, somebody that's in a in a recovery mode now is Noah Syndergaard, guys, and uh, Syndergaard, as Barry predicted for a number of years, uh, had to have uh, Tommy John surgery. And uh, it's caused quite a bit of controversy. So what do you guys think about that, Jeff? Well, uh, yeah, as a, as a Met fan, uh, as a, a fan perspective, I am happy he got the surgery. 
on a human perspective, you know, was it necessary? Uh, you know, who knows? I, I know he, it was done at a at an outpatient clinic in, in Florida, so it wasn't in these big hospitals that are uh, have all these uh, patients. But obviously, use masks and gloves and, and gowns. So, like I said, as as a fan, I'm glad he had it done. Uh, personally, as a, as a human being and you know, member of society, was it necessary? You know, who knows? But uh, it, it got it. It's done. And, you know, hoping, uh, you know, but does it really matter? Because we, may, we may, may never see him pitch for the Mets again. Yeah, this is true. Barry, your thoughts? I agree with Jeff. It's a very controversial issue in these times. But according to the, uh, the facility, it was necessary for him to have the surgery. Otherwise, he was risking nerve damage to the elbow, which would pretty much be the end of his career at the very least, delay him returning to the mound for the Mets or whoever. What really got to me was the social network vitriol that was, which was uh, tossed at Syndergaard for, for having this surgery. And I can't help but think that a lot of it was because they just don't like the player. And if it had been Jacob Tegram instead, you would have seen a completely different tone on social net on social network sites. It shouldn't matter whether it's the Grom, Syndergaard, or Roger Clemens for that matter, who gets the surgery. The answer really should be the same. They they describe it as essential surgery and, and not elective surgery. But I do understand how controversial it is at at this point in time. And uh I know that uh Dr. James Andrews has shut down his practice and is not performing any surgeries like, like this. But it is a controversial topic, so I, I can understand why people who may be waiting for elective-type surgeries and can't get them would be a little upset over this. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, it's another example. People will say that how the rich and, and sports stars can get things done. But, um, I, you know, it's a tough call. You, you don't, as Jeff said, as a fan, you're happy that it occurred uh, because it gives him a chance to heal and maybe come back and pitch again for the Mets next season before his contract or before his he reaches free agency but um you know that that was a that's a crazy thing in my estimation that they uh, even agreed to the owners and the players because uh, to me it hurts both sides this giving credit for the season no matter what it's going to kill both guys i mean take a you know like uh, Porcello and Waka um they may never throw a pitch for the Mets if there's no baseball this year, and they've got a contract, and they may or not may or, or may not get paid on the whole contract. But how does it help them next year going into a free agency? And what about the Dodgers, or or for that matter, any other team? But the Dodgers made a huge trade to bring in David Price and Mookie Betts. They'll have David Price, I think, another couple of years. But Mookie Betts can walk at the end of the season. So if there's no baseball, the Dodgers lost a lot of young talent to get to bring in Mookie Betts, and they'll never have an at-bat with them. So I was really surprised. 
Plus, how does it help Mookie Betts' negotiations next year? Uh, yes, he's got a track record, but uh, an older free agent, it's not going to help at all. So, I, I you know, um, if Syndergaard doesn't throw a pitch in two years, how is he going to expect to get a large contract? Uh, I, it, it, it's a confusing thing for me. Jeff? Okay, well, before I, I answer that, uh got a message from Len. Oh. And he says, he, he tells everyone he's doing, he's doing better and he appreciates everybody's well wishes. Oh, okay. so, terrific. Yeah, Len's That's my brother from another mother. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish him all, all the uh, best. Uh, uh, we love Len here, so we're glad that he's feeling better. Yes, we do. Uh, in terms of the service, uh, service time, I, I think the owners caved. They didn't want to fight that battle. They, uh, uh, I guess, because they don't want to. They're going into a, a new CBA. What after next season? I'm not sure. This oh, season or next season? Yeah, soon. But uh, they didn't want to fight that battle. There's already enough antagonizing going on both sides. Uh, the 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 uh, owners got what reduced the rounds uh, of the draft to five rounds. Five rounds, yeah. So they're going to have a uh, you know less replenishment, I guess. But in terms of major league players. You know, age is going to keep going. So, Rock is going to be a year old. Purcell's going to be a year older. You know, Mookie Betts has youth on his side. So, I don't think he's going to be hurt all that much when he goes to free agent. And who knows, the Dodgers just might sign him. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing. And the uh, owners were not going to give up that. The players were not going to give up that service time. Owners caved. And they just figure. And, and by the way, they're getting paid, what, through May, I think. And then, you know, we'll see who, who knows what, what's going on after that. Barry, your thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Jeff. I, I guess the owners just didn't want to fight the fight and they just have bigger battles to pick down the road. I, I kind of compare this to when the uh, 2002 CBA was up and the issue then was that you just had to have the players on the field on the one-year anniversary of September 11th, and what the owners were able to get, which they may not have been able to get otherwise, was the beginning of the drug testing, and they they pushed it through. It seems to have worked bet pretty much in baseball better than most any other sport. It, they had nothing before that, and now they have something that seems to be working. As far as what's going to happen with Mookie Betts and the other free agents. What, what can you do? It's right now. All of this is so up in the air. Whether or not we're even gonna have a season. I heard Ron Darling on the fan yesterday, and what his thought was that each and every day he gets less and less optimistic. So he tries to stay positive about the sport being played this year, but. Every day as the numbers keep getting worse, it's hard to see them being on the field anytime soon, if at all, in 2020. And, boy, this virus has really caused quite a havoc, as we all know, not, not only in you know sports lives, but everybody's personal lives are, are just so uh, different. And... Um, you know, it must be tough for a professional athlete. As you say, time marches on. They're getting a year older. 
even a Pete Alonso, you know, he's he's going to be 25. He's not going to be 24 anymore or whatever. Nope. Uh, and, uh, you know, you hate to you lose any time at all, but uh, it's safety and precautions. And, and uh, will we see any baseball? I mean, now they're talking about July the 1st. As a tentative date, or that the or that date's been floated out there, I should say, not nothing official, folks. Uh, but people have written July the first. Um, July first is feasible. I think you can still get a half season in. It's the usually the all star traditional all star halfway break. Um, I guess we're not going to see an all star game this season. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. Any 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 thoughts on that? Well, uh, let me put a little plug in for Baseball and Barbecue because I did speak to Jared Diamond, who uh, the podcast is going to be released this Saturday. And I, when I asked him about baseball season, he goes, nobody knows when it's going to start. So anything you read or, or speculate, nobody knows. Personally, I, I hope they get a half a season in at least. Uh, start in August, you can go three months neutral sites, warm weather, and then play the world, uh, playoffs and World Series in November. Now, I could give you the Jeff Cohn plan, would be to have all the National League in Florida or, and all the American League in Arizona. You stay the Yodin Divisions, get, get rid of interleague play, play in, 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 those, in, in the stadiums where they are now, and then you have the World Series played in, in Texas in, in a new stadium there. So uh, and that they can get expand the rosters, play a couple double headers. They they can get a half a season if they start in August. Mm-hmm. But it's up in the air. They might not even start at all this year. Barry, what's the Barry Newman plan for the uh, right. MLB season? All right, Jeff. Well, great mind. Oh, we've got a little freeze here. Everybody's frozen. Nobody's around. Now. Where my plan differs a little bit, it would be having the 15 teams who train in Florida basically play a, a regular season out as one league, while the 15 teams who train in Arizona play their season out, but all their games would be played in Arizona. And what you would basically end up having would be about an 84 to 90 game season. It would be less travel, of course, for the players because they could probably pretty much go anywhere they want by bus. If you have to play in empty stadiums, so be it. Of, of course, the uh, governor of Florida kind of put a little kibosh on that for now anyway by shutting down the state. But we can certainly hope by August 1st at the latest that We've, we've, we've got this hideous virus under control a little better, and then it might just be feasible to have what would amount to half a season. If they're not on the field by August 1st, I don't, I don't see the point, but, but hopefully they'll be able to start it up by then. So is, 15, oh, sorry. Teams, 15 teams in Florida, I should say, 15 teams in Arizona, then you basically play – the World Series between the champions of the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. Oh, boy. In Texas. In Texas. <laughs> now, uh, 
Except if the Rangers get in. There you go. Uh, yeah, Texas be a great place. It's a brand new facility. It's a dome stadium. It's got everything going in its favor. So uh, I'm okay with that. And uh, do you pursue any players now? I mean, is there any rules about signing anybody at this point in time uh, with the loss of Syndergaard? Should the Mets consider bringing back the Dark Knight? Oh, at a minor league contract, you know, why not? I'm not, I'm not a big fan of bringing guys back. Uh, it rarely works. Uh, they even brought Tom Siva back and they stupidly let him go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. But uh, I think I, I saw an interview uh, last year, the year before with, with, uh, with, with uh, Matt Harvey and he said, oh, he considered all 20, he'll, he'll, he'll consider all teams except one. Well, you know, maybe this one will be the only one he has. <laughs> Barry, your thoughts? I'm a little lukewarm about bringing the, the Dark Knight back. I think that ship has sailed. There's a reason that he hasn't signed on with anybody. Now, maybe a, a season without anybody playing might change it and he'd be able to rehab. But... I'll tell you, let's, let's hope we, uh, it doesn't get to that point that they are playing baseball this season and that he can latch on to a minor league deal with uh, with somebody, just not the Mets. Okay. All right. Just thought I'd throw that out there to see, uh, uh, you know, being that we're going to be down a pitcher now, you could always use pitching. So, uh, you know. Throw it out there. I guess. I guess Puig is still out there too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He is. uh, amazing how some of these guys are still out there, and uh, I don't know what that. You know, um, free agency was very vibrant and strong this year, so I don't know what that really says, unless uh, you've got to have a little bit more talent to uh, play, and and. You know, it's interesting because they're talking a lot about versatility, and yet we still have the DH law or rule, which is the complete opposite of versatility completely. And uh, yet they still have that, and teams are going in that direction of versatility but keeping this DH rule. So I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, I just hope the National League sticks by its guns and – don't have it. Maybe the next commissioner will uh, end that nasty uh, little. Uh, well, I, I, I love your sentiment there, Gary, but uh, <laughs> I have a feeling it's coming. It's 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 coming, and uh, you know, uh, I wish it wouldn't, but I think it's going to be coming. Well, that would be a shame, but uh, yes. I, I think you're right. Well, something else that uh, actually uh, is out already. It's not coming. And that is this book, Brian Wright's book, The New York Mets, all-time all-stars, best Mets players at each position. Um, Brian was on a couple of weeks ago, and and we've been talking about it off-camera and uh, emailing um, back and forth. I know, Barry, you've got some thoughts on that, and especially you've talked to Mr. Wright about it. I read the book. It's a great read. It's an easy read. There are many stories that Brian puts in the book that I wasn't aware of that really 
contribute to the book being such an excellent read. As far as the team that he picked, I'm not going to give away his team. Otherwise, it wouldn't really pay <laughs> to get the book. What I will say is of the 30 players he chose for his all-time all-stars, I agreed with him on 27 of the 30, including a couple using your favorite thing, sabermetrics. My original picks would change to agree more with Brian's. The one position where I disagree with him is his backup left fielder is Michael Conforto. And as much as I like Conforto, he is still in the, not even the middle of his career. And he has been consistently inconsistent. The antithesis of the player that I have the backup left fielder, and that's Kevin McReynolds, who we saw play. And I remembered when they talked about McReynolds when he was a man. It, the, the way he was thought of was that he was a player that you'd have to see on an everyday basis to appreciate. So as far as the backup left fielder, McReynolds gets it over Conforto. I don't <laughs> I don't even think that's debatable. The rest of his picks are pretty good, even if I don't agree with all the other 29. He's pretty much on target, and he has good reasons for all of them, as I think I have for, for, for my team. But it's, it's an excellent book. I recommend it strongly. And, you know, with, with these times that we're in now in your home and and uh looking for something to do pick up a book pick up brian wright's book uh, uh mark healy has a book out called gotham baseball it's a very good book where yep. he takes the best players from new york teams uh and and uh writes about them and and uh picks so uh you know um there's some other books coming out jay harwitz has a book coming out and uh, uh, David Wright's not going to be. Hopefully, we're, we're over by the virus. This is coming out in October, so I hope we're mm -hmm. over the virus by then. Um, but uh, go pick them out, and then listen to podcasts as well. Listen to Baseball and Barbecue and Mets Musings, and uh, uh, Baseball Talk Radio shows. Another show I do with the great Rich Baxter, who does the Fight in Philly. So uh, listen to all of them, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> What podcast? Yeah. Um, podcast? So you know, get it, get it, taste the podcast, and 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 get a taste of reading again. It's so much fun. Go sit outside with a book, and uh, I know Jeff, you you haven't seen this book yet. Well, uh, I have uh, met Brian. I have talked to him. I have mm -hmm. full disclosure. I have not received. I have not bought the book yet. I do plan on getting it. I did read his last book, Mechs and Tens, which mm -hmm. was very good. I will uh, order the book. I'm contacting directly. Uh, so you let him get get the, the purchase price instead of giving up between Amazon and all that. <laughs> I, I did read Gotham Baseball. Mark Healy was nice enough to send me a draft copy, and it was a terrific book, terrific read. Like Barry said, I you know you agree with most of them. I do have a couple problems. A couple people he uh, that you know, that's what makes for good debate. Yeah, and I think uh, you're go ahead. As far as the uh, Mets all-time all-stars, which I know I've heard Brian on a couple of podcasts, yours included, uh, I just floored that he didn't pick the, the Wilpons as the, uh, the, the owner. Uh, you know, he picked Joe Payson. Why would he do that? You know, he picked the, uh, he picked the, the, 
he didn't pick uh, Wilpons. I was shocked. You know, and uh, I was very surprised at his all-time pitcher uh, again. <laughs> and he also picked Gil Hodges and Davey Johnson as their all-time greatest managers over Art Howe and Jeff Torborg. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And Joe Frazier <laughs> and Joe Torre and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to address something right now that Barry just brought up. Uh, you already mentioned Gil Hodges. Uh, we're recording this today on April 2nd, and it's the 48th anniversary of the passing of Gil Hodges. Oh. And at the end of the year, they're going to have the Hall of Fame vote, and I you know, pray that he's going to get in because he was certainly a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, I've never seen him play. I'm a little too young, but I read about him you know, looking at his stats. He is uh, not just a great, great player, but also a, a great manager. And he improved two teams. I mean, he, he, he did take the Senators from a laughing stock to a respectable team. Right. Before coming to the Nets. And we're looking right. at his stats. He, you know, he started in 1940, I want to say 46, as his first full season. And he played almost, you know, 20 years. And he won the first three gold gloves, which started in 1957. So how many more could he have won if they had that award <laughs> earlier? And when he retired, he was the all-time right-handed home run leader. Right, right. If yeah. those two, two texts alone, he should be in the Hall of Fame. And and people don't realize that because the numbers have piled up so much after he left. Right. Um, but that still doesn't diminish what he did. And uh, I can I saw him play Barry. It, 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 I don't know if you saw him play. I saw him play the last couple of years. He was injured a lot, um, but uh, you know he had some big moments. Um, he could still hit the ball and everything like that. But he did have some back issues, I think it was, and some other issues. So he was hurt a lot when he got to the Mets at the end of his career. But um, Ed Cranfield always says he learned more from. Uh, um, from Gil uh, as a player, you know, when he first came up as a young kid, then he did in the minor league. So uh, that's uh, pretty much a testament, you know, to uh, what what Gil Hodges is all about. And uh, uh, it, it does seem a shame. 48 years ago, a sad day. Um, remember that? Uh, was up at college then and, and just uh, to hear that news it was a shocker but uh, um, you know he should be in the Hall of Fame and uh, it rightfully should be in this book in the place that he is Yep, and uh, it was during a work stoppage when uh, this tragic event happened, the death of Gil Hodges like you guys said 48 years ago today and and it's it's ridiculous that he's not in the Hall of Fame, especially when you think of some of the guys they that they're putting in. Right, right. But I think what's happening now is there's such a gap of time that there are people that are you know pushing for a Harold Baines or or those type of players and the guys that would have been pushing for Gil Hodges are no longer on these committees. Um, so what is and, the Veterans Committee voting is that is that at, at the end of this year? year? At the end of this okay. year. And every I tell you, every once in a while I put on Twitter to, to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, t- t- Twitter site 
Gil Hodges for Hall of Fame. I do that every once in a while, maybe once a week, just to, you know, get them remembered. Hopefully people see it. Yeah, yeah. High little part. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it's a shame that this baseball season is going to be so splintered because otherwise you could try to mount some sort of campaign, you know, uh, to push um, one last big effort to try to get them in, uh, if you will. Uh, but now with the with the season so splintered that it, it, that even something like that becomes very difficult. Yeah, and, and just one one other thing I want to mention that he was he should go and just and for his being a humanitarian, he was so instrumental oh, yeah. bring uh, with Jackie Robinson. You don't read a lot about that, but right. in, in books about Bill Hodges, he was so instrumental with, with Jackie Robinson. And there's a terrific biography out again about Gil Hodges, and I, the name of the guy escapes the me. Quiet man, the quiet man. I think my it's man. Called. There's, then there's a couple of them out there. I think there's another one as well. And uh, either either of them, you should pick them up too and read about it. Uh, terrific ball player, and as Rich, uh, Jeff said, uh, you know, terrific person. Um, you know, was involved in the little league in Brooklyn when he lived. There. He lived there, by the way, all year. Um, even when he went to Washington, he kept his house in Brooklyn and came back in the off season. And uh, his wife still lives there, and she's got to be really up there in age now. Um, but uh, terrific people, and uh, let's 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 hope he gets in this time. Or, or is going to be? Yeah. It's a travesty if he does not. Right. And Jeff, if you want, I'll I'll give you the book. I'm finished with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but as Barry said, it's a terrific book, and it's one of those books. It's it's uh, you can skip around if you want which is nice, which is always good. You know, you can look at the pictures of the second baseman. Or you don't have to follow it, you know. Um, but it—it it is. he's got a lot of great stories in there. So uh, go check it out. And uh, or maybe we can uh, just circulate Barry's copy across the universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we are at the beginning of April, yesterday being April Fool's Day, and probably one of the biggest pranks of all time was uh, put out by the Mets in, I believe it was 1985, and that, of course, was the uh, Sid Finch April Fool prank, whatever, that, that was quite um, uh, elaborate. For the times, I guess it was a whole uh, Sports Illustrated story, and uh, who wants to take a shot at that? Well, I, I can just say that uh, <laughs> in 1985, Sid Finch was a phenom through 168 miles an hour barefoot. <laughs> That's Sports Illustrated, and meditated, and was uh, uh, supposedly some kind of weird, <laughs> mystical character. Right. <laughs> and uh, they built this up, uh, even to the point of having somebody throw a ball or, or behind uh, a curtain bullpen, and, and uh, you could just hear the pop of the ball and stuff. And 
quite elaborate, and it was a hoax, and and one of the best the April Fool's jokes of all time. Yeah. Yep. Barry, any thoughts on uh, Sid? I didn't really wrap my myself around the Sid Finch story, although I, I did read it in Sports Illustrated. I mean, back then, Sports Illustrated was the magazine to get. This is pre internet. I mean there was a there was life before the internet. I know a lot of the listeners uh won't believe that, but that there was. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we used to get our information from newspapers and magazines, believe it or not. <laughs> Sporting News Sports Illustrated. Yeah. There you go. Uh, now I don't even know that they publish them anymore. Is the in- I think it might be all online. Oh boy! Oh, and special issues that they do put in the newsstands. Yeah, yeah. So it's a. It's a I'm, it, looking, I'm looking forward to the uh, Jay Harwood's book. Uh, just to let you know, in, in season 1984, I was an intern in the public relations department with uh, Jay, and he was quite the character. So I'm sure his book will be very entertaining. Okay, and maybe he'll mention you. I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, any closing thoughts before we uh, leave the public alone? <laughs> yeah, Gary, I want to congratulate you for making it 10 years into podcasting and to congratulate you with all the wonderful guests you've had. And uh, the Thorne McHenry interview you had a couple of months ago was one of the, if not the best one you ever did. I actually heard him, and then about an hour later, I heard him on with WFAN's Evan Roberts, and your interview with him was as good, if not better, than, than Evan's. And he's on a 50,000 watts radio station, so that's that's uh, your, your next step. <laughs> and as far as the baseball and barbecue, Jeff, you're... Your uh, last show was a, was a terrific show, and I have to agree with what Greg Rempe, your barbecue guest, had to say about how is Guy Fieri in the, as, as good as his uh, Triple D show is on the Cooking Channel, it's not really barbecue-centric. So how does he get into the virtual American Barbecue Hall of Fame, but a guy like Michael Simon does not. Well, uh, th- thank you. I'm going to give all the credits for uh, getting Greg Rempe to uh, Len Averman. He did a terrific job, and yeah, he agrees with you with Guy Ferrari being uh, in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And uh, yeah, take a listen to the podcast. That, uh, it, was a, it was a great one. Um, along with uh, Gary's, which he had just uh, John Matlack on, which I really enjoyed. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. It was a real terrific podcast. Anytime we hear old Mets. Yeah, I did. It was a very good it was a very good interview. Like all his interviews with former Mets players. And I love how these players are self deprecating and as, as was as was John Malik. He was a terrific pitcher. And can we yeah, nominate Len for the can we nominate before we sign off, can we nominate Len for the uh <laughs> Barbecue Hall of Fame. 
we'll find out how that gets done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think Guy Fieri had a name, and they probably wanted to get the name out there, you know? He's the Harold Baines of the barbecue hall. <laughs> or at least the Candy Cummings. We, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I, I want to thank you all for coming on tonight, uh, today, and uh, thank you for the kind words as well. And uh, please, folks, if you're out there struggling, you know, like I said, uh, listen to a podcast. Read a good book. Uh, you know, uh, you can watch a little TV too. Uh, but you know, do do that. And uh, we guys out here doing independent podcasts and stuff. It's a struggle. We we have to do a lot of work on our own. Uh, the the guests don't come easy. We have to try to uh, fight tooth and nail to get them. Uh, you know, we are not for the most part, most of us are not connected to uh, any organization. So it's, uh, difficult. They don't, they don't really, uh, are attached to any of our independent podcasts. So we're on our own. So when we get somebody, it, it's, believe me, you, you work hard sometime trying to get, uh, some of the guests on and some of them fall in your lap, right? Uh, Jeff, you know that. Absolutely. Um, good to know somebody. Yeah, sometimes you know somebody and it just, you know, you know, somebody knows somebody and and it falls into your lap. Other times it's 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 email after email or Facebook message or Twitter message um back and forth. I can't tell you right now. I have probably got about 40 uh requests out there for uh different current players, uh some past players. Um, authors, uh, the authors are u- usually a little easier to get cause they want to uh, publicize their book. But, um, so I hope you'll, you'll take the time to go and to listen to, um, to our podcast and, uh, read the book that the authors that come on, uh, publicize and, and, uh, again, guys, thanks so much for taking some time out and, uh, I'll talk to you all real soon. And remember to um, to let's say a prayer that there is baseball this year, and to keep the faith and stay optimistic. And let's go Mets! Go Mets! Thanks, guy. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shopdaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. It always comes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank my guests uh, once again, Jeff Cohen and Barry Newman, for coming on. 
And I want to take a moment to thank all the first responders out there, all the police, the firemen, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, the um, emergency medical people of all sorts, um, the social workers, the CPS people that are out there, still out there and are essential to uh, our uh, uh, survival, if you will, or, or whatever uh, on the front lines during this crazy times. Thank you all for all your sacrifice and all the work that you do to keep us all safe again in this crazy, uh, crazy time we're all going through. And thank you all to the listeners for uh, listening to the show. And um, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I think that's the same thing now. Google Play, CastBox, wherever you may listen to or even watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, Hit the subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners. And uh, until next time, wash your hands, sanitize, stay safe, please. Stay inside as much as you can. And um, let's all keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. Mets Musings.